I'm Sinead O'Moore and you're listening to Every Mum the Podcast. Every Mum the Podcast was created for one reason, to get honest about parenthood, about the realities, the joys, the surprises and the fears, the moments that form us and the ones we don't hear people talk enough about. Which is why we are so proud to partner with Waterwipes as our sponsor of this season, as they share this mission with us and support parents by tackling real issues. As creators of the world's purest baby wipes, which are purer than cotton wool and water, they not only care about baby's precious skin, but also care about supporting parents through helpful resources like this podcast and their Instagram Live, where this Thursday, November 26th at 4pm, this week's guest Caroline Forn and comedian Ellie Taylor will tackle what it means to be a parent during the most wonderful time of the year, Christmas. During the early days as a parent, everything is so uncertain, especially in 2020, but choosing the right wipes shouldn't be a worry. With no artificial fragrance, soap, silicones or colours, water wipes are suitable for sensitive newborn and even premature skin. Together, we are committed to providing more reassurance for parents with trusted products and this podcast, helping us all to take those steps towards greater confidence while building a community of support for every month. This week, I'm joined by Caroline Foran, the number one best-selling author of Owning It and The Confidence Kit, our bullshit-free guides to dealing with anxiety and fear. She is also the creator and host of the hugely powerful podcast series, Owning It, and A New Mum. Here, we have a really honest conversation about postpartum, the fourth trimester, and matrescence. Spoiler alert, it's not all cuddles and tea and gloriously serene Instagram posts, but it is real life. And so if there are days where you feel like you haven't got a clue what you're doing or that others are nailing it while you're drowning, trust me, you are definitely not alone. Caroline, thank you so much for joining us on Every Mum, the podcast. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about our conversation because you are the queen of the bullshit free guide. <laughs> so, um, you know, you're a best-selling author when it comes to anxiety and confidence and your next book about, you know, being more vulnerable with yourself. Yeah. Um, and it, those three words for me have basically summed up the fourth trimester um, and for many women, I think there is nothing that can rock your vulnerability, nothing that can rock your anxiety levels, and ultimately, hopefully, nothing that will enable you to grow in confidence quite like becoming a mother. Well, I, do you know what? You've just made a perfect reason to sell the three books as one <laughs> to all <laughs> um, Thank you so much for, for having me. I'm so honored to be able to chat to you this morning. And um, Thank you for such lovely words. Like everything you've said is just like so just perfect in terms of the vulnerability. I obviously I wrote the book about kind of owning your vulnerability before I was even pregnant. And God, I had no, I hadn't experienced vulnerability like it until I, that first day coming home from hospital and I hadn't felt anxiety. I obviously had dealt with a lot of very, very severe anxiety a couple of years ago, but a very, this is a very different anxiety, a complete untethered feeling of not knowing what you're doing and having no faith in yourself and then at the same time these moments of confidence when you manage to soothe your baby with skin to skin and it, and it works and you start to think oh my god maybe I can do this and it's just this I guess like thunderstorm tornado between those three bouncing feelings all the time it's a it's it, you're right in the, it's a storm it's an absolute yeah. storm and I think everyone is feeling like there's different waves, there's different wind strength on different days for different people. It's completely unique and it's completely your own. And I was listening to a podcast yesterday um, with Conan O'Brien and uh, Michelle Obama, and it was brilliant. And it was all about, um, it's all about relationships and parenting and, and, you know, the relationship with your husband. And one of the things that they said was, it's like when children come along, it's like um, this giant claw can just come and pick you up and shake you at force field speed. Yeah. And if anything is loose, it falls out. That's 
such a perfect description. <laughs> it, just, it just rattles you and anything that is loose in there just falls. So if you, there's something loose in your relationship, it falls out. Yeah, oh yeah. If yeah. there's something loose in you, it just falls out. Like it, you can't contain what's going on when children arrive into your life. Yeah, so true. And actually that's one of the first things I, I kind of realized I was so grateful for was when you talk about like the rattling of your relationship, like it's, I knew it was going to be tough on a relationship in terms of, you know, passing the baton to each other. You know, you, you're taking over the shift for me now and it becomes not about you two, but the little baby. And, but it just made me realize how important it is and how lucky I am that I had a very solid footing in my relationship before a baby came into the mix because and we're, we're like, we don't even fight that much, but there are times now when like we get so like competitive with each other. And I know that's really common, but it's, he's like, oh, I just didn't sleep last night. I'm like, I fucking watched you sleep. <laughs> you just want to like tear lumps out of each other. And if you don't have like that foundation of respect and being able to be kind to each other and allowing for the fact that you're both pretty sleep deprived and you're going to snap and you don't mean it. And then just doing the odd kind gesture for, for them, like him letting me not letting me, but him not making me feel bad if I want to go and have a bath. Like if you don't kind of have that base, I can just imagine the stress would be just enormous and it would really show up any cracks in a relationship. So I'm just, yeah, and that's one of the big things I realized as well. I didn't actually know the strength of our relationship until the baby came into the mix. I think as well, it's to do with the relationship you have with yourself. Yeah. And like, if you're not the type of person who can let yourself go and without guilt take a bath or if you're not the person who can be vulnerable and say hey I'm really struggling and ask for help it's those kind of things they 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 grow even bigger and they 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 can take hold they can take over until like you will you will reach a wall you will hit the wall you will crack because it's it's an endurance yeah I have never really struggled I think from from when I decided to first sort of share my story about anxiety and kind of openly talk about that and I have done it ever since with anything I'm going through and it's it's people say oh you're so good to share you make other people feel better but for me it's actually a coping mechanism for me as well like I'm looking for reassurance and that's how I get it and I want people to reflect back to me that what I'm feeling and what I'm going through is okay and it's normal and there's not something wrong with me but I found when it came to having a new baby even though I was very willing to be vocal about how vulnerable I felt I had no idea that I would feel that vulnerable because I didn't see that vulnerability I guess maybe I wasn't looking for it but before I became a mom what I knew of motherhood or what I saw of it on social media in particular was really I guess the best bits and the highlights and I know that's you know each their own whatever anyone wants to share on Instagram I obviously shared quite a lot of the ugly stuff as well and that's that's just what I decided to do but I had a very different idea of what like the newborn phase would be so even though I'm comfortable being vulnerable it it terrified me because I thought there was something like wrong with me because I wasn't out for brunch on day one I wasn't I was crying all the time and only slowly but surely when I started to sort of say that and I started to have this underground rumbling of all these different mothers reaching out to me saying I felt the same or thank you for validating what I went through 10 years ago that now it's like a quiet thing of like actually we all feel that the newborn phase is this kind of I call it like a beautiful shit show where it's not all brunch and cuddles and love and you're riddled with self-doubt and but I just yeah it was a real a, such an unbelievable unbelievably hard uh, awakening for me I had this chat with Alva Garahi when we were talking in her episode about um, her kind of her birth story and about how everything is focused in pregnancy towards that day, almost like it's the finish line. Oh, that's exactly what I thought. And it's the it's the beginning. That's the beginning of the hard bit. And I, I was just so in denial about that because I remember I, this ultra calmness just washed over me when I was at the last kind of stages of labor. And I just thought, Caroline, you have been through a very hard pregnancy because I was terrified of being sick and I was puking the whole, I mean, puking right up until I was in labor. And I couldn't believe that I got through it because that scared me more than anything was just vomiting. I've just had this, always had this fear based on nothing really. And um, so I had gotten through that part. I had gotten through being in labor in the hospital without my partner in COVID, you know, I had I'd gone through all that. And then I actually was, I was going to have a section because I was anxious about all the things that could go wrong. So I wanted to have a planned section. And then I was all booked in for that. But then I went into labor 10 days early and 
I was like, oh, what will I do? Like, will I just continue on where I am? Or will I, should I wait and, and hold off and have, not that you can hold off, but should I go and have a section right away? Or I didn't know what to do. And then I just kind of thought, you know, you're actually in the throes of it now. You're doing it. You're living through what you really were so afraid of. And when it got towards the end of it, obviously I had the epidural by then, so I felt a lot better. I just felt so serene. I was like, you have conquered the mountains that you thought you weren't able for. And I really believe that that was the finish line. And the minute that baby came, all the hard work was done. And all I would do was come home to flowers and tea and toast and cuddles and my baby would just sleep on my chest. And that's why I think, A, I was so relaxed in the labor and B, why I was so fucking terrified afterwards. So what was it like, if not tea and cuddles? So I think, I think first of all, being alone in the hospital um, without having Barry, my husband, there for he was only kind of popping in in the evening for like an hour because that was the restrictions um that sort of start I started to unravel a bit when he was sort of sent away and I was left with the baby by myself in the hospital and there was other mothers in the room with me and they were saying ah you know he's fine and ah you're grand and I really I was like I don't know what to do with him because I, I put his nappy on backwards I and the, and the midwife was like yeah that's on backwards I was like oh, <laughs> and all these tiny things just started to just erode my confidence and then he had this little problem where he started to like really violently shake and again like I'm sitting there by myself at midnight being like I don't know what's wrong with this child like I don't know what's normal or what's not and then they told me he might have to go to NICU because he had low they were testing his blood sugar and it was low so just all these little things I think if Barry was there beside me together we would have been able to say like it's okay yeah. and we could figure it out together but I just felt you know obviously you're already wrecked physically and emotionally from having been through labor you've given birth to like a hormone factory which is the placenta so you know it's enormous again I didn't realize any of this enormous upheaval for your body um, and then I, I kind of the first 12 hours after having him I was you know the first day I was quite chilled and then I had the second night in the hospital and I just you know the second night syndrome you hear of yep. so all the midwives started coming into me saying have you have you been told about the second night and I was like hmm what <laughs> and he was like an antichrist for the whole night and I was breastfeeding at the time I, I ended up only doing it for a very short time but um, and I just, obviously like I was alone as every woman is in the middle of the night in the hospital with her baby. And I think I just started to like, just the sleep deprivation and how much I, I couldn't sleep. I just needed a rest the next day when the midwife came in and I was going home and she was giving me all this information and she was, you know, like, watch out for this. And here's your, these, you know, fill out the vaccination passport and hear what you need to know about contraception. I was like, Jesus Christ, I was so overwhelmed <laughs> with information. I just started bawling crying and apologizing to her I was like I don't know what I'm doing I'm sorry for crying and she was like this happens to everyone and I said you know I I just I, I don't know why I don't feel I, I just feel really like scared and I was kind of frightened to be left alone with them because I was so unsure of myself and then I thought okay no I need to get home I need to get home because I'll feel better in my own house but then I, I probably went home I went home after two nights and I probably could have stayed for a third night but when I went home um I just felt I felt like a giraffe myself that had just been born I was trying to walk on my legs again and I was like this my eyes were new the whole world was new to me everything looked different out on my Carnell Square it looked different from when I had went in like I really felt like I had been born again myself and when I got home I it was just such a blur I remember just panicking and ringing my neighbor across the road and I don't even remember why but I said you have to come over and, and help me I was pumping sweat from the epidural I mean I was soaked I had my fingers and everything had all like were so swollen the baby was crying and I just was consumed by fear I was just so it was such a horrible thing I just said I didn't know I didn't know I'd feel like this and what's wrong with me and why why am I not just feeling so in love and and, and so just relaxed I've been through the labor I've done it why can't I just feel relaxed and I just was the anxiety was just crippling and I was just terrified and I don't know what I was terrified of but I just didn't know what to do with him. I felt so like not fit for it. I felt like I needed to have a midwife or someone there with me. And I guess the, when I felt like that, and then I thought about, you know, everyone messaging saying, oh, are you in such a love bubble? And are you so, and, it's, and everyone's congratulating you. And I just felt so bad that I just thought, oh my God, you're a monster. There's something very wrong with you. And now, I, now that I look back, I know I was incredibly sleep deprived. The hormones were raging through me and I was just so upset and I just felt so unconfident because it was so new to me that it makes sense now why I felt that way but at the time I just felt like 
such a fraud and I felt like oh no one else feels like this or am I even am I capable of being a mother am I not maternal and I remember like panicking when like my husband would go to the bathroom or go and have a shower because I'd be left alone with the baby and I'd be afraid that I'd do something wrong and it just feels that even already feels like it was only 13 weeks ago that already feels like a lifetime ago in terms of how I feel myself um but yeah I just it just the anxiety and the shock of just becoming a mom and having this tiny thing that you're responsible for hit me like a freight train and no amount of people saying oh you know it'll be hard for the first while or none of that even registered with me because I just thought oh yeah whatever you know fourth trimester blah blah you know I've done the hard part and it really it shook me to my core and I felt inadequate and I felt like Jesus women are having babies all day every day get a grip you need to be stronger um you know this is not anything special even though it's the first time for me uh and it was just a whole new kind of anxiety and I guess I felt awful because I thought that I had anxiety figured out and I wasn't expecting to be so thrown by it again but obviously hormonally I couldn't just decide not to feel that way it was it was beyond my I couldn't just rationalize. I obviously was just, that was where my body was at. I was, you know, pumping the hormones and everything. And I remember ringing um, Dr. Mary Ryan, who's an endocrinologist who I've done lots of work with. And she was so abrupt with me in the best way. She's like, Caroline, you need to get into the spare bed and you need to get a couple of nights of uninterrupted sleep because that is, you're not going to feel okay until you get that. And I just felt like, how am I going to do that? I'm going to feel so guilty. And then the guilt starts swarming around. And then it's just this whole cocktail of mad feelings and then every now and then it's just like crying because you love this tiny little thing and, and you know, oh, he's going to grow up soon. And what am I going to do? And I just, yeah, I needed, I just needed a hug. And in COVID times, I couldn't even get a hug off anyone apart from my husband. Caroline, what you're describing is you've, you've never done anything more important. Yeah. You've never done anything more important. You've never held something more vulnerable and precious and in need of survival from you. Yeah. Like that that's a pressure that nobody will have experience of until they are a parent. To hold their newborn who literally requires them to live. Yeah. You know, you not messing up means this baby will be okay. That's that's a new level of anxiety, a new level of pressure, a new level of I don't know I can do this. Of course you don't think you know you can do it. I know. And I had such physical symptoms. Like I, I was waking up in the morning, well, if I was sleeping at all, I had all this anxiety coursing through me in the morning. And that reminded me of a couple of years ago because you produce cortisol naturally in the morning to wake you up and get you set up for the day. But I obviously already had plenty of it in my system and it's the slower releasing stress hormone. So in the mornings, if, if I'm in a really bad anxious state, you feel 10 times worse. And I felt like I had this cramp in my stomach. I kept having an upset stomach every morning. I just felt like my limbs were kind of flu-like. And then I remember on like the third night and I was home and again, I was sweating so much. Like I was walking around naked trying to breastfeed the baby thinking, okay, does anyone else have this symptom? And I, because I was sweating so much, then I started to cool down and get the shakes and I was freezing. And then I had to, I had to go back into hospital because I thought maybe it was an infection. And I, do you know what? It was just anxiety. I was just so, and it's for me, I just feel everything so greatly. Um, and I think one of the things that I felt what I will really beat myself over the head with was that I couldn't text my friends and just say, it's amazing. It's wonderful because I can't, I have, I just don't have it in me to just sort of put on a brave face. Like I'm, I just am how I am. I say how I am, whatever way that is. And I just, I guess then start now that I look back, I think, God, people must have thought that I was being negative or not appreciating it or, and I, I yeah, it was, it was a case of not being negative or positive, but just being the way I was, which was just authentic. And I was terrified and, it, and like, it was like moments of beautiful love and adoration, but like a lot of just shit showness and just survival mode. And <laughs> I think only now really, I'm kind of starting to give myself a break about it and realize how significant that was. And I guess the more I read about matrescence, about being like one of the most significant transitions a woman can go through in their life and how you're being kind of reborn again. And um, I read this book, I've actually, I'm reading it for the second time now in a row because it's so good. Um, even that book, What Mothers Do, especially yeah. when it looks like nothing. And it's just, that book was like the most unbelievable cuddle I needed just to feel less alone and slowly but surely to hear from other women um, say, you know, I felt the exact same. and. 
I think now I'm like, now I want to make other women feel a little bit better if they feel as untethered as I did or as lost at sea. Um, and that it does take time, especially when it comes to like that feeling of, you know, loving your baby and being in love and having that connection. Because people are asking me on day one, oh, you, you must be so in love. And I was like, yeah. And it took me a while to feel that because I was so scared and didn't know him. And I felt like I needed to get to know him and I needed time to for the fear to subside, to feel like, you know, we, we could figure this out together. And it's really only, I'd say, in the last few weeks that I have had these moments of feeling so much love that it's unnerving. But I'd obviously I'm delighted that I got there. But it's, it's, I think it is normal that it, it can take a while to feel that way, to feel that connection and love. Because at first, I, I mean, I, didn't, I don't know about you, but I didn't really feel any connection when I was pregnant. I just felt sick all the time. So I didn't really, I didn't start off feeling, oh, this amazing baby. I, and again, that made me feel like, oh, am I a monster? You know, but now I want to make other people feel reassured that I'm a perfectly normal person. And if you feel that way, so are you. And it, it'll come and it's okay. And it, you really have to step back from the thoughts that you're having and realize that it's your anxiety and the hormonal upheaval and the sleep deprivation is feeding you a narrative that isn't based on reality or truth. And you in your vulnerable state are buying into it and believing everything it says, and that's perpetuating it. And it's really only for me when those hormones started to naturally settle that I started to kind of lift my head above, I guess, the water and see that I start to react to things a little bit more normally. And, and now I feel really, really fine in my own body. And I'm just responding to him. And, you know, yeah, it's stressful when he's crying or it's stressful when I have no sleep. But I feel okay. And I feel like it just took me a while to get to the point of, I guess, there's a quote in that book of trusting you to trust your baby. Yeah. To trust That's you, it. I guess. I think on the love thing for me, it was, I was almost afraid to feel all the emotions. Yeah. I was, I was afraid to feel the level of love that I knew was brewing and swirling and wanted to come out. I was afraid to feel it because I was, I was still afraid to fail. Yeah. And by feeling the love, it almost amplified the risks yeah. <laughs> that I had in front of me. Like if I, if I did feel the love, it would almost simultaneously trigger a, you know, what if you get this wrong? The, you know, and I think the love and fear for a time can run parallel to each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's, they're like two sides of the same coin. Because if you love something that much, you desperately want it to go well. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like the biggest, um, I guess, test of your life to, to like, for anything to, to succeed at in your life, you want to succeed at this. And I also just think there's so much pressure to be, I, I guess less so these days, but historically and culturally there's been, you know, you can't fuck up as a mother and, and there's been so much pressure to get it right and so many different opinions. And I guess that even generations, previous generations of mothers just trying to, you know, put their best foot forward and, and never vocalize their, their struggles has probably weighted on all of us doing it now. And now it's like, I'm wondering, is it okay for me to say that I find this difficult? Is it okay for me societally to say that it's not always amazing? Is it okay for me to say, you know, it took me a while to feel the love? And because even like when I was talking to my mom about it, um, you know, she started telling me about experiences that she had had when she had my brother, because it was a six year gap between us. And she was so traumatized after her experience having him. And she never vocalized, never told me and never would have talked about it then. And she's just saying now, like, you know, she wishes that we, that we had the bravery to, to be open and, and speak to each other about it because like heaven forbid you say anything negative about the experience of becoming a mother um, back then. And I think that's maybe still lingering a little bit today, but I'm hoping to let people off the hook a little bit by sharing what I share. And, and I, again, like I said at the beginning, it's not, I'm not doing it for the people, per, like solely for the people. It, it's a coping mechanism for me to share. And to hopefully see that I'm not the only one. I think there's been this really unfair characterized depiction that somehow we just know how to do it, yeah. that it will come naturally to us. That oh, yeah. everyone says you'll you'll just know because it's your baby, no one knows better than you. And I'm like, I have a fucking clue. <laughs> but do you have more of a clue now? And I think that's where some of the um some of the well-meaning advice like that gets a little bit disrupted because I think that's coming from women who have had children for a little bit longer and do recognize actually there comes a point where you do start to learn and you do start to get to know 
that little person. And it's also a really good rebuttal for the amount of advice that like the, the unsolicited advice oh, yeah. Yeah. that comes your way when actually you, you reach a point in your motherhood journey where you're like, no, hang on, actually, I am the person who knows my baby the best. Yeah, it definitely takes a while. I think at, at the beginning, I wanted to surround myself so much with experts. And I thought that that was the best way to bolster my confidence. And actually, it ended up kind of undermining my confidence in myself, because I felt like I had to rely on what, you know, a, a specialist on reflux would say, or what a sleep ex or consultant would say, or what, you know, any different thing. I, I, I wasn't allowing myself the chance to think, well, what do I think? And, and how would I approach it? And that probably delayed my, my instincts in getting to know him because I just thought just, you know, bring in the big guns. And, and actually there's a, there's a piece in that book, what mothers do about that and how, you know, if we constantly turn to experts, we are undermining our own um, ability. So for me, when I read that, and I guess just with the natural passing of time and, and getting to know um, my baby now, it's funny because now my parents don't live in Dublin, they live in Dingle, but now um, when they when they are here um, to help me out with him, it's only when there's other people there, I realise how far I've come in terms of how I just know, oh no, he doesn't like this, or no, he, this is much easier if you do that. And you think you're doing so poorly along until you realize until someone else highlights for you that actually they wouldn't know what to do with your baby but you do know what to do um and so that has been really validating I suppose to get there um and to just be be kind of I guess I it's, it was a big change for me and it probably is for a lot of people in this day and age for in terms of like I was like a well I am like a problem solver and I want a solution now and I, I, I'm very um like I think it's right brain where you know it should make sense. You should be able to resolve it. And whereas with ha having a baby, I think it's more left brain. We have to like be just trial and error and just listen to your instincts and just go with the flow. And I, I don't like the idea of trial and error. I want trial and success. So that was a big adjustment for me to, to allow myself to, to, I'm going to have to make mistakes. I'm going to have to like figure it out. And eventually a pattern will emerge that I can say, I started to get to know the signposts for my baby. And I didn't at the beginning I was like I don't want that I want to just know right like where is the manual I want to know that right away um and now I'm you have no choice but to relax into that part of your brain who that just sort of listens to the cry and pauses for a moment and thinks okay before I just you know shove a bottle in his mouth let me think about what this might be and to kind of just I guess that space between action and uh thought and and stepping in there and, and, and like really just starting to trust yourself um, is that that's been the biggest challenge for me is trusting myself and giving myself that space to really start to, to without the help of any experts or anyone telling me what to do to say, you know, this is your baby. He's chosen you to be his mother. There's no reason why you're not capable of, you know, bringing him up to be perfectly well-adjusted little boy um, and just give yourself that chance and don't just, I came to it with all these assumptions as I always do that oh I'm going to fail and oh you know I don't know what I'm doing and and actually um I've kind of been I'm so interested in like CBT and everything for anxiety and I think so much that's to, to feel more at ease as a new mother you really have to look at it's not just about the practicalities of knowing what milk suits them or knowing you know if they prefer to be cuddled or lying down it's working on your own assumptions and thought patterns and um that for me has has really started to help where i think okay i'm going into say for example his sleep at night i was going into that thinking if he's if he wakes up it's a failure and he hasn't slept the night through well really it's not because he can't sleep the night through at this age so instead of thinking it's my fault well, he's actually meant to wake up several times a night and I don't have to jump to the conclusion or the worst case scenario that it means that I'm failing. So for me to kind of step back and that's what always has helped me with my anxiety, whether it's, you know, to do with being a new mother or anything, is to take that helicopter approach and step back and look at your thoughts and your feelings and behaviors and just observe them for a while and to find that kind of loop, that feedback loop and interrupt it and, and separate fact from opinion um, and separate what your anxiety is telling you from what evidence there actually is there. And if you look at the evidence, if anyone takes a moment, I was only saying this to my friend the other day, she, on her second baby, she was feeling, you know, unsure about feeding and everything. And I said, like, if you just take a moment to look at the evidence, there's no reason to think that you're not doing a good job. And I just find that really, you know, your baby's smiling at you, you're, you're cuddling, you're, it's, it's just, there is evidence there if you're willing to look for it.
you're describing 2017 me (laughs) (laughs) and that's what I think is has made me really believe in everything that you just said about the CBT and about how we think and about how we approach each challenge and each each minute I don't like early motherhood is not day by day it is literally minute by minute because something that you tried last minute won't work in the next minute um but the the biggest learn for me over the last few years has been that that is exactly who I was three years ago that is exactly how I felt that is exactly how I thought and that is exactly how I treated myself yeah and there's all all of this information from experts about how and what to do in order to care for your baby and what to do for your baby and what's normal for your baby and what are the steps and the processes for your baby and such an absence mm-hmm. of what's normal for me yeah. what's normal for the new person that I am the new person that I have to discover the new person that I have to build from scratch because I don't know who she is anymore yeah it's so true and I think that even in terms of like the experience in hospital or all of the kind of prenatal classes that you do it's the emphasis is so much on the baby on the practicalities of the baby and I in one I was kind of thinking like would it have helped me to know that I might feel this way in the beginning or before I had the baby or would I have utterly freaked out because there was nothing I could do about it then but I actually think if I had known how normal it is to feel that shocked and untethered even though you knew it was coming all along like I keep saying you know everyone told me uh, I knew I was pregnant but nobody told me I was having a baby <laughs> so um if I think if I had known that you know it's going to take a couple of weeks and not just in terms of like logistics of getting to know how to you know put the baby down and feed the baby but for you to feel like a human being again who could put one foot in front of the other I think I would have probably been a bit more compassionate with myself from the get-go whereas there was a complete lack of that there was no focus on the mother and even for me to even say like when I made the decision to stop breastfeeding and because I just I found it just I, I was just not in a good way mentally so I felt like I couldn't get any of the benefits out of it in terms of bonding and I wasn't it just wasn't working for me and I'm I'm still kind of plaguing myself with the idea that maybe I give up too soon or but I even felt guilty for you know the whole idea of like happy mom happy baby or you can't pour from an empty cup I still think it's quite a new idea and that we have to allow ourselves our well-being and our mental health and our physical health to be up there as a priority along with the baby's health and well-being not that the baby comes first and we come second but that you know it's a it's a two-way street it's a unit um, and you have to be well to, to take care of your baby. And I still felt kind of guilty for almost putting myself up there and saying, well, I think I actually need to look after myself. And I think I was in a position to do that and vocalize that because I've, I've had such good training, I suppose, in my history and experience of having to realize how important my well-being is and how, you know, it's okay to do that. And I kind of wonder if, if another woman who finds herself in that situation would just never give herself a chance to think that she deserves to feel well mentally and you know all these women who are struggling and doing so in silence because they think you no know, it's all about the baby and it's all you know I'm so lucky to be here and this is what I want and I'm so grateful you know both things can exist like both you can be you can have wanted your baby so much and been and tried so hard for it and be so grateful and and love it and and also feel at the same time terrified and like you're not really coping well and you need a break for yourself like both it's not one or the other and I think that's really important for people to know that you can it's not like me vocalizing that I'm finding it hard it doesn't mean I don't enjoy being a mother it doesn't mean I don't have these beautiful moments but it doesn't mean I want it to be any different but that's the reality it's, it's not black and white it's all these different colors in the mix and um, I think we have to confidently say I'm as important and as worthy of nurturing and soothing and feeling well as the baby otherwise it all falls apart do you think we're afraid to let people see that there's a part of us that's falling apart yeah I think it's just especially an Irish thing um, and I think that's been probably the thrust of my work really as a in my books and everything is to to own our vulnerability and to to just lay it all there because when you do that like when you're willing to embrace your vulnerability for me anyway it has become my greatest strength and it has led me to better connections with people and more meaningful relationships or even in terms of my career it's brought me down paths that have been more authentic and you know even professionally people I think are afraid of vulnerability because they think it might negate professionalism but it's it's not about being open to attack or open to you know anything bad happening to you it's about being authentic 
And I think that's where people go wrong with the idea of vulnerability. I think we get it wrong. Um, and that's like a lot of what I'm exploring in, in my book, Naked, that's coming out in, um, in January. And I actually, now that I, I mean, I haven't really read it again since I had the baby, but I want to go back and see how much of it I can apply for myself to, <laughs> to my new situation. Um, but I really think that there is a fear in every aspect of society and has been of ever showing our weakness or, or our perceived weakness. Like I don't see it as weakness, but I see it as, as vulnerability and we all it's funny like because we're all walking around incredibly vulnerable like if you take vulnerability in the literal meaning that we're you know we all could walk out and get hit by a bus not one of us is going to get through life without being vulnerable we're vulnerable to the pandemic we're vulnerable to you know heartbreak we're vulnerable to any different things yet we're also afraid to show each other that we feel vulnerable but if we just take down those barriers and agreed that we're all in it together. And I actually think in a way the pandemic has kind of helped because like, say for example, when me and you jumped on Zoom there and we're both in our pajamas and I probably have a <laughs> stick on me somewhere. I've got yesterday's eyeliner still on and it, we've had to kind of break down those barriers and it has helped people to see that we're all trying our best. And I think it's made for better, I guess people have produced better work in this environment, I think as well. Um, and I think, yeah, better, better relationships is the big thing for me. And, um, and then ultimately just feeling more at ease with yourself because you're not trying to be something you're not. And it's something that I've, I've really realized lately. Um, cause I think we all struggle so much with imposter syndrome and never more than when you become a new mother and you want to put out there that you're you know doing okay. And for me, imposter syndrome is what we feel when how we view ourselves privately is at odds with how we put ourselves out into the world and the way to combat imposter syndrome as a mother or in any way is to bridge that gap and close that gap between how you see yourself and, and what you put out there and that in order to do that you have to be willing to allow yourself to be vulnerable and that doesn't mean you have to cry and work or that doesn't mean you have to you know just put up Instagram posts of you falling apart it just means you have to just look for opportunities to be more authentic in your day-to-day -day life. To say, do you know what, I'm finding it really difficult or I'm having good days and figuring it out. Um, and that allows the person you're talking to to say, do you know what, me, I'm the same. And then you have a much better connection. I think, I just think it's, I just think vulnerability is so necessary. I love talking to women because they will have taken, they might've all taken the same piece of information, but they all have different outcomes yeah yeah it was it was so important for me to take a step back as much as like experts are so important but i would hear one thing from one person and say oh this is what i must be doing and then i'd hear something completely different from someone else and i would just be flip-flopping yo-yoing around the place and i just got so overwhelmed by all the different schools of thought when it comes to anything from feeding to trying to get them to sleep to any anything and i just was like nowhere in the mix here have i thought have i given myself a chance to think about what i would do or what feels right to me or what you know just to really listen to that to that instinct and actually there's a chapter in my next book naked so it's, it's, it's called naked 10 truths to change your life and each truth is kind of an uncomfortable truth sometimes such as um the willing to be vulnerable makes you kind of invulnerable because we don't know one really likes being vulnerable and there's another one about um the fear that someone else's success will take from yours or there's another chapter about um how you can do this is actually so relevant to being a new mother how you can do anything but you can't do everything and one of the chapters I wanted to focus on was our intuition and how like we tend, if you think about a traffic light system, we tend to live so much between like red or green, stop or go. And like in a traffic light system, there's that flashing amber light that for me, you can kind of liken to your intuition that you have to slow down. And it, all the amber light is asking you to do is just to see like, should you, should you step off or can you proceed with caution? And like in that moment, in that space between stop and go, uh, or this opinion and that opinion can you listen to yourself and allow your intuition to rise to the surface and only when you kind of let that stillness happen and you're not chasing answers and chasing different solutions only then can your intuition sort of have the space to like come to the fore and only then can your own voice in any whether it's in a new job or whether it's as a new mother only then can it really start to rise to the surface and in order to hear your intuition and let that develop for you you have to allow yourself to be vulnerable I love how you as, uh, you know, you've, you know, all of this, you know, you've dedicated, you know, the, the last few years of your career into educating yourself on these and then bringing this information to us. But what I think is incredibly powerful is that in the moment of transition from who you were to who you now are, you did fall apart. You yeah. know, you know, all of this and yet and I don't want to use the phrase like even you, because 
there's no reason why you shouldn't. Yeah. But imagine how people feel when they don't know anything of what, you know, is happening psychologically behind all of this. I know. Yeah. Like in one way, it was a blessing for me that I understood the anxiety and I understood the hormones. Like I've been here before in different ways, different guises. But in another way, I did have that pressure of, well, you've written the book on this. You should mm-hmm. be able to outsmart anxiety. You should, you know, people are asking you every day, what should I do? And you're giving advice. Well, first, I mean, I try not, I try not to give personalized advice because I'm not a doctor or anything, but you're sharing what you're learning. And I have to keep reminding myself and reminding other people that when I write books or whatever, I, whatever I'm doing with the podcast or anything, like I'm figuring my shit out as I go as well. And I'm just taking everyone along the journey with me. Um, and just because I understand anxiety doesn't mean you shut it off. And um, especially when it comes to being a new mother, because like I said, and I had this kind of struggle last week where I felt, I just felt like, I wonder, I was thinking about what people my friends maybe with, who maybe didn't have babies were thinking about me and how vocal I was and wondering were they thinking I was just negative or could I not just decide to just be positive and just get on with it and just look on the brighter side and sure isn't my baby healthy and sure I'm lucky to be here and it's so important to realize that and, and, and this is why I can't outsmart anxiety and no one really can when the hormones are all mixed up you can't think your way out of it you can't decide to feel a different way and I think that's so liberating for people as well even though it might sound scary that you can't just switch it off but when you go through an upheaval or change or transition like that all the hormones are going to take time to settle down and you can't just say okay I, I realize that I'm anxious I'm just not going to be anymore so in that sense just because I understand anxiety and I understand what's going on behind the scenes psychologically hormonally everything it doesn't mean I'm not susceptible to it and I think it's really important for me so that I don't feel pressure or overwhelmed it's important for me to still share when I feel that way because I don't want to ever come across like oh I'm this is where I was and this is where I am now and I know everything because I remember when my anxiety was at its worst and I was going on I was falling down rabbit holes on YouTube of like how to cure this and how to how can I never ever feel panicky again and I was you know getting through these YouTube videos where you had to put in your bank details and it was this person being like I used to have 10 panic attacks a day and now I'm perfect and I thought that, that was the goal and it's just complete bullshit it's so unhelpful and I think it's just so important for me, for myself and for other people to realize that you don't get to a point of having it all figured out. You don't get to a point of never feeling anxious. Life will throw all kinds of things at you and you'll feel that rise and fall of anxiety. But the more you know about it, the more you understand, the, the, the shorter those waves will be and the, the, the kind of easier it will be to sort of give yourself a break. But it doesn't mean you don't go through them or feel them. And that's still the case for me. And it will always will be. And it's not about getting rid of anxiety but understanding it and knowing how to respond to it when you get it. But sometimes, such as when I had a baby, it just knocked me over so much that I I did fall apart again. And that's okay too. And it's okay for everybody to know that that's something that could happen. I think we hear all about, oh, there's heartburn or swollen ankles or, you know, guess what? Your stomach grows to grow a human. Guess what? Stuff happens psychologically and emotionally and hormonally as well. Um, And one of like, so, I have a five week old and it's really, it's a massive learn for me in this conversation when we're, we're talking about this and I'm having all of these kind of memories. Like it's, it, it's a really raw feeling that I still have, but it's a feeling associated with my motherhood journey three years ago. Yeah. It's a feeling I'm like, they're all brewing in me, but they're memories and do you wish you could go back to yourself then and, and kind of give yourself a hug and reassure yourself that you would, that it was okay to feel that way? Because so I already feel like I wish I could go back to myself in the hospital and say, you know, it's okay. You're doing okay. You're doing your best. Massively. And, and, I, and I think this experience of having a newborn now, it's such a blur. Yeah. Um, it is. And like, I don't know if, no, I think she is a very similar baby, but I'm a completely different woman. Is yeah. the best way to describe it. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that the juggle with two is easy because it is not, but definitely yeah. the experience of a newborn is nothing compared to the first time. And I was reading your um, Matresson's fourth trimester article the other day. Oh, and yeah. like, it's all so 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 familiar like it's it's almost like raw but it it isn't what I'm feeling this time 
that's amazing. And my, my friend, one of my best friends also had just had a baby there two weeks ago and she was in a heap the first time with her first baby. And she, when I first had Kaylin, she was saying to me, you know, like I was like, me, am I okay? Like what's wrong with me? Why am I finding this so hard? And she's like, Caroline, I'm going to get my husband to call you and tell you what a state I was in. And I, I just needed so much reassurance because she seems like so together all the time. But then for her second baby, she like was messaging me from the hotel or from the hotel hospital. God, I wish it was at hotel. Um, and she was just saying, I feel so different this time. Like all the heart, even the physical recovery felt different for her. She just felt so much more confident even picking up a newborn. So it seems to be like, obviously logistically it's a lot harder with two because you've got a toddler to look after but you yourself are a whole different level of just trusting yourself which I hope to get to at some point it's that's the biggest learn for me that actually what I was going through had nothing to do with this is how you care for a baby and had everything to do with this is how I'm completely transitioning as a woman yeah yeah and I had no idea about that until I was there I mean I just thought it was you just come home with your baby and then that's it and you're in your blissful love bubble I had no idea about matrescence I'd never heard the word I was like yeah whatever about the fourth trimester I was I mean I think you kind of have to be that way to a certain extent in order to not freak out beforehand and um, but really it has been the biggest transition for me as a woman like you say because I've had such a, an anxious response I guess in those first few weeks I keep saying and my husband obviously I think every every time even every every first parent experience you're like Jesus I couldn't do this again like we'll only have the one and we keep saying to ourselves we're one and done like we just need to get this figured out and then we'll be fine again but part of me even though I think it would be nice just to get my shit figured out and then just go back to being myself as a new mom part of me wonders I wonder how I would feel differently if I would feel differently if I went again in a few years and I wonder would that just prove to myself that I'm a normal person and that it's a shock to everyone the first time around and because I, I think sometimes when I think about not having another baby, it's more out of fear than it's suiting my lifestyle. And I don't want to live my life, you know, guided by fear. Um, but I guess it's completely understandable that in the first few weeks of having your first baby, the last thing you're thinking about is adding another baby into the, into the scenario because it's so new to you. And it was so funny, like, like I was saying in the hospital when they were like, so, you know, Irish twins are very common and you're very fertile after you have a baby. And I was like, are you joking? <laughs> like, if he even comes near me, like, I, I will absolutely throw a wobbler. I was like, there's no fear of me getting pregnant again anytime soon. And even the GP then when I was having my checkups, and I was like, do people, are people like jumping back in the sack so quickly? Like, I can't even put one foot in front of the other, never mind, feel like less of like a wildebeest right now to even have sex to have another baby so that was just that was just funny because I just felt so like how how could anyone do this again but it's been really comforting to hear from you and hear from my friends and other women who have eventually had a second baby and they're like Caroline I was right where you were the first time and this time I'm just I'm a new woman I know myself I'm, I know and giving yourself a break like wouldn't that be so nice just give yourself a break I would love to get there <laughs> And you will, and look, I know, I know women on their seconds who actually have found it more and more challenging because for something that's going on in their life, you know, having a baby, you know, triggered those emotions. So there's no, like, it's one or the other, but I can only speak from my experience in that, like, for me, the biggest challenge wasn't actually caring for a baby or learning how to care for a baby or raise a baby or have a baby. It was learning how to know who I now was and now I've been in that role for three years that a new baby coming in I I just it's not that I feel like I know how to do this but all of those swirling scenarios of what's wrong what should I do this should I do that should I google this falling down the rabbit hole of of overwhelm and insecurity that stuff isn't there yeah and it's so much calmer and I have very similar babies, like their sleeping pattern the same, their feeding pattern is the same. It's not that one was harder than the other. It's that I was easier or I am easier on myself now than I was then. Yeah, that's amazing. Well done for getting there and for allowing yourself the space to just take it easy and give yourself a break. Because I just think, especially as women, we really don't allow ourselves to do that. And the guilt, the new mom guilt is something else, a whole other conversation that I totally didn't, like even t- from from worrying about your relationship, how it'll affect that to worry, even my dog makes me feel guilty because I think he's looking at me so sad that he's not getting <laughs> attention anymore. Like, I guess the mom guilt is just here to stay 
but hopefully, you know, it'll eventually just simmer down to like a quiet noise in the back of my mind and be less, you know, loud. Yeah, if you could write a book on that, that'd be great because I yeah. haven't figured out any of the guilt stuff. Yeah, oh, I know. I, but I also think I was kind of, I was thinking about it. I actually wrote a piece about it on my website, but um, I think the very fact that you're able to feel guilt means you're already doing a good job because you're so, you know, conscientious. You, it's because you care that you feel guilty. So, But in the interest of total honesty, when I say that having a second is easier, it absolutely is in terms of the baby element. Yeah. But a whole other learning curve when it comes to the older child. <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no like easy, this is so much easier now. I guess like you, logistically things are different and more challenging. And I can imagine when you were pregnant, it was harder having a toddler to look after as well. Um, but it's, but if you just look at it in terms of your experience and your growth and your development, yes, it's challenging. And it's, I'm sure people have kids that are so different, like yours are very similar, you said. Um, but if you can get to a point where you trust yourself, then you can kind of handle anything really, I think. And I credit the trusting and the growth over the last few years. I credit it entirely with conversations. Yeah. I credit yeah, it with... Do you know what that is though? That's the strength of vulnerability because you're allowing, you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable in the conversations you're having with other women. And together, the more we share that, the more we kind of... It's like we're standing, we have an army behind us then. And that's what I feel since I've shared things. And sometimes people are saying, God, you're sharing off a lot. And you know, maybe it's a bit much. Maybe you should take a step back. And I'm like, hold on a minute. First of all, this is all I have right now in terms of... <laughs> But I feel like there is this army of women like literally holding me up on days that I feel like I can't handle it. And it's this whole untapped, I guess just army is the word I'm thinking of, of just women who are have your back and they don't know you at all, but they know exactly what you're feeling, what you're going through. And, and that's all because of a willingness to be vulnerable. And then when you embrace that, you feel kind of invulnerable and you feel like you can handle anything. And that's just, that's the amazing thing about women sharing, I think. Caroline, thank you so much for this conversation. Um, I, I, I fully believe that it will support, you will be part, you are part of somebody else's army that you've never met and you don't even know. But I know from listening to this, they will feel supported from, from hearing your experience. I really hope so. And thank you as well for allowing me the space to talk about it because you know, now you're part of my army as well. And you, you allowing me to have this conversation makes me feel more validated, makes me feel more accepted in society that it's okay to feel that way. So it, it goes, it goes both ways. I think we all benefit from it. And hopefully, hopefully someone who's on their second night in the hospital, or they've just come home and they're feeling as untethered as I was, will, will feel that it's okay. And that trust that this will eventually level off and you won't feel like this for very much longer. And you will start to trust yourself and you'll start to find your feet. And even though you really believe that it won't happen, it will. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sinead. Thank you so much for listening. Want to hear more from Caroline? Join Waterwipes for their Instagram Live this Thursday, November 26th at 4pm with Caroline and comedian Ellie Taylor. Water wipes are an essential for every mum, from that first nappy change and during those messy weaning months. As creators of the world's purest baby wipes, water wipes are purer than cotton wool and water and are proud sponsors of Every Mum, the podcast. Talk to you again next week.